0: I will say that a lot. Uh, anybody ever heard of Hootie and the Blowfish? Okay. For those of you that went, Okay. Darius Rucker, anybody know? Okay. Okay. He used to be the lead singer of a band called Hootie and the Blowfish. And I, growing up, I, I kind of listened to him a little bit, but I don't anymore. But, uh, I always wondered, like, where they got their name. Like, who in the band was Hootie and who in the band was Blowfish? And come to find out, like, they actually got that name because some college buddies of theirs. There was this guy that he wore these glasses that made his eyes look like as big as as owls, like eyes. And then there was this other guy that had like really big cheeks, and they called him the Blowfish. And the other guy they called Hootie. And <laughs> like, one day they're all like playing in their and practicing and stuff, and like these two guys come walking in, somebody goes, hey, there's Hootie and the Blowfish, and that's how they got their name. So um, so yeah, I, always, I just always found it interesting where people got, people got band names, you know, like Crowder, um, you know, stuff like that, so. Uh, but no, uh, Kathy, I'm gonna say this. Um, Kathy spent much, many times, like much time, many times, a lot of time, Exactly where you guys are, and this was something that like she's always wanted to do, and so I think it's so awesome to like see everything just kind of come full circle and see her getting to um, serve at camp and, and be up here, and um, it kind of it. I didn't tell her I was going to use her as an example, but it's going to go along <laughs> with this morning. Uh, a couple of things that I need to clear up last night, clear up from last night. Um, Uncle Paul did not start here when I was born. That was just kind of, you know, messing. He actually started like years before. I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was it was a few years later. He we were talking about it this morning. He said he actually started here. What'd you say? 86. Yeah, 86. Uh, so I was <clears throat> seven um, when he started here. So, uh, and I met Uncle Paul the following year. So, uh, it's been. Know, it's, just, it's just really cool to see uh, what God has done and, and everything because I was here last summer and I was amazed like pulling up and seeing all the different things that are, that are here this year and, and excited that, that God is doing stuff and, and people that persevere and just push through and, and continue to do God's work to see him open up doors and all that kind of stuff. So um, I did not go over this last night because I kind of tend to do this in the mornings. How many of you guys are tired? Awesome. Y'all do realize it's just like day two, right? Like this is just day two. And I was just talking to Stone about like some of the stuff that's coming up today. So when I ask how many of you all are tired tomorrow, I'm not going to be surprised to, to see this. Okay. Um, how many of you all have actually heard my rule about being tired before? Okay, so this is pretty simple. If you feel tired, it will not bother me if you stand up. Okay? And it won't bother anybody else if you stand up. So if you feel tired, go on and stand up, okay? The reason that I say that is because in standing up, you actually kind of create different blood flow and it kind of wakes you up. And also, if you fall asleep from a standing up position, it hurts worse (laughs) when you fall to wake up, okay? So, um, speaking of falling, dude, welcome back. Nice to see you. I'm Jared. Um, Don't mess up the other one, okay? Because we don't want you walking around, like, immobile. And we really don't want Stone to have to feed you, okay? Because that would be kind of crazy. So, but glad that you are back. Glad to see all of you guys this morning. Um, I'm excited to be here. And in saying that, and I know that you just sat down. But I need you guys to stand back up. Kalea, could you turn the lights on for me? Oh, I was going to say that was totally the opposite of on. (laughs) So, hey, are these microphones behind me still on? Okay, I was just catching like some feedback. So, hey, it's so nice to see all you guys this morning. I said everybody stand up. Stand up, there you go. Okay, if you didn't stand up, you were gonna be up here with me. So, okay, hey does anybody, Hey, Jared, how you doing? I'm not gonna get you up here. Okay, um, hey anybody wanna come up here and act like an idiot with me? Wow, there was some way too, come on up, you, you walked out, come on up. You kinda, you kinda volunteered yourself anyways. Okay, hop up, up here. Okay, hey, I'm Jared. Elliot. Okay. Nice to meet you. Everybody Elliot. Okay. Shh, shh. Okay. I have one important question to ask you. How coordinated are you? How coordinated are you? You're not coordinated at all. Perfect. Okay. So here we go. This is gonna be perfect. But since you're uncoordinated, I'm going to move this. And since I'm uncoordinated, I'm going to move this. So basically what you're saying is you you have the skill of tripping over your own feet on flat ground, right? Okay, awesome. This is gonna be great. Okay, take a couple of steps that way because I don't want you to knock me off. Um, Okay, you feel comfortable like you got plenty of room to move? Everybody else like do you kind of feel like you have plenty of room to kind of maneuver and fiddle around? Okay Okay, I'm gonna make this really easy. If I do not see you participating, you will be up here with me and Elliot. Okay? Okay, this is so easy that a three-year-old taught the staff how to do this, okay? Okay, this is really all you need to know. Okay, here's the motions. You ready? Uh, sh- okay. Okay. This is the first motion. This is the next motion. This is the third motion. Second motion, first motion, second motion, third motion. You got it? Okay. Okay. And then here you go. This is where it gets complicated. Okay. So first motion, third motion. What's the second motion? There you go. Okay. So first motion, second motion, third motion, fourth motion. Okay. We got a few more motions, but we'll get to that. Okay. So here we go. The name of the song is my god is so big okay so here we go it's my god is so big so strong and so mighty there's nothing my god cannot do y'all got that repeat my god is so so strong and so mighty there's nothing my god cannot do hey some of y'all are singing it awesome okay okay here you go here we go next part the mountains are His, the rivers are His, the stars are His handiwork too. I'm not gonna do it, but you all are. My God is so, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Awesome. Okay, y'all can have a seat now. Thanks, Ellie. Hey, thanks. Okay. Okay. There's actually a second verse that I'm going to teach you all tomorrow morning and then like I said Thursday evening my littlest guy is supposed to be here and it will tickle him to death if I bring him up here and you all do that whole song with him okay because he's he's a wee little man we don't we don't call him Zacchaeus you've just been having trouble all morning so I'm just gonna ignore it it's really okay so hey Kalea's is doing a fantastic job back there working with that system so Um, but yeah, he, he's like this really like itty bitty guy and he doesn't like to be called little and he's like, no, I'm a big boy until like he gets in trouble and then he goes, but I just a little guy. And it's like, (laughs) you can't have it both ways, but like he really gets into that song and he's like big and mighty and like, you know, he goes like full on Hulk with it. Um, so he's, uh, he's, he's pretty cool, but. Yeah, I will teach you all um, the next verse because it's one of my favorites because it actually involves a little bit more than motions. (laughs) It involves noise, um, which is always fun. Uh, What was really fun was I started to like write down what I was going to talk about this morning, and I forgot to write anything down. uh, Anybody else ever have that problem? Just me? Okay. Um, So don't worry. It's all up here. It'll be fine. So, uh, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews, and I just realized, because last night we talked about Romans chapter 12, and then we bounced over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, so this morning we're actually going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. It would have been really funny if I would have been like 13, Um, but we're not. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. I am working with... Kalea, to get some uh, some pictures up and going for tonight, um, to be able to show you guys some stuff, because I like bless you, because I am I'm a visual person, Um, I'm also I talk with my hands a lot and I move around a lot. Um, When I was in college, I actually had a public speaking class, and he told me that I had to stand still and stand behind like this podium, you know, kind of like that. And I did horrible in the class because like I just stood there, and I was nervous, and finally he realized that I needed to move because in moving like it kind of calmed my nerves, and I could actually focus and do do more stuff, and he goes, "Okay, fine, you can move and so I was like all over the place, and I think at one point, I even like sat down and did my speech from the seat um, i can 't remember why I did that, but I did um, so don 't be surprised if like, I just come back and just sit down right beside of you so Usually if I do that, you might be asleep. Oh, thanks. Get it warm for me. So, uh, but um, it, it, in doing that, it's, it's a lot about, like, knowing who you are and knowing how you work. Like, knowing what makes you you. You know, we talked about it last night. Like, you know, you might, be, you might be an eye. You might be an ear. You might be a mouth. You might be a knee. I don't really know why you would want to be a knee, but you might be a knee, um, you know. You might be the appendix. You know, we kind of joked around about that last night, but once you kind of understand a little bit about who you are and how you function, it kind of makes things not easier easier, but it, it makes things kind of stand out a little, bit, a little bit better. Like you kind of can follow direction a little bit better. Like you know how you need to attack something. Like me, I'm lazy. Okay, I know I joked around about it last night that I do pull-ups, like pulling food up to my mouth. Like that's not a like it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. Um, when I got married five years ago, yeah, five years ago, because I remember my anniversary. Um, when I got married five years ago, I was almost three hundred pounds because I did a lot of pull-ups. Like I ate a lot and I ate all the time. And then uh, Sarah and Charlie, like they had some, some uh, issues related to foods and, and sensitivities and allergies and stuff like that. And so my diet changed drastically when we got married. And when I said that um, I love to cook, I really love to cook out of necessity more than anything because we can't really go out to eat that much. Like we do, the majority of our stuff is from home. And over the last five years, like I have just fallen in love with cooking and food, but in a different way, because it's not like, oh, I love this Big Mac, or oh, I love this Big Pal with cheese and bacon and like all this kind of stuff. You know, It's like, I, I love what food can do for me and for my family. Like, I see it as, as, as fuel, as, as something more than just, you know, I gotta eat kind of a thing. And so, as many books as we have in our house, about half of them are cookbooks. Because I'm all the time going, oh man, like, you know, this book looks fun and this book looks cool. And <coughs> I'm sorry, I bought one one time just because of the cover. Anybody ever buy a book just because of a cover? Yeah. If you buy a cookbook for the cover, number one, you probably need to go eat something because that's like going grocery shopping. When you're hungry, you're gonna buy everything in there. And when you're looking at cookbooks and you're hungry and you see one and it's called Bacon and Butter, that's the name of the book. It's Bacon and Butter. And when you pull the, pull the book out off the shelf, it is just, the cover is a pile of fried bacon, okay? I remember when, when Sarah and I first got married and Charlie, we were going through this, um, this ordeal with him of having to reintroduce foods to see what it was he was allergic to or what it was he had a, he had a, a reaction to. On that list of no foods was bacon. And I was like, no, like no. And every time Sarah was like, "Hey, we're gonna reintroduce the food," I'm like, "Is it bacon?" She goes, "No." I was like, "No." Oh. Like the first almost year that we were married, we did not eat bacon. She brought turkey bacon into our world, but we still didn't get to eat bacon. Okay, like I, if you don't like bacon, we can't be friends. But that's okay. That's going to be one of those differences between us that we talked about last night. You don't like bacon. I do like bacon. If you were served bacon, I will eat your bacon, okay? I just, I like bacon. We eat bacon on everything. We bacon wrap shrimp. My father-in-law bacon-wrapped dates. Dates. Fruit. Dates. Fantastic. Okay? I would bacon-wrap bacon if I could. Actually, I might go do that tonight. Um, Okay? Just, if we can put bacon on it, we're going to put bacon on it. Like, when pals started serving bacon, hallelujah, you know, kind of a thing. But, okay, I could go on and on about bacon, but I'm not going to. But when we were actually able to reintroduce bacon into our world, it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I had gone so long without bacon, like, I forgot what it tasted like. I had memories of it, but I had forgotten. And it was like, oh, this is so much better than I remembered. And... Y'all are like, man, you're talking about bacon a lot. We, I had to be patient throughout that whole year. And the patience paid off because we realized Charlie's not allergic to bacon. Yeah. Like that was my prayer for that entire year was please do not let this child be allergic to bacon. And he's not allergic to bacon. And we keep bacon in our freezer all the time. Like there are at least five or six packs of bacon in our freezer all the time. And that has to do with like, you know, for that whole year of being patient and waiting and just looking to the end. Like, there's gonna come a day where we get to try bacon again. And then we got to, and it was like, he's not allergic to it. And it's like, yay, bacon's back in our life. And then it was like, yeah, but now we've gotta like, cut out eggs. What? It's like, you're killing me, Smalls. Okay, if you all get that reference, we're, we're really gonna be friends. Okay. Um, but, If we introduce that movie to my boys, and it is so funny to hear scout try to say, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. (laughs) He's like, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. (laughs) Because his little tongue just gets all over his mouth. Anyway, okay, so y'all are like, what does bacon have to do with Hebrews chapter 12? It doesn't. (laughs) But what, what does have to do with it is the whole patience aspect of it. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, we are told this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us closely and let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us how many of you all run sometimes like okay of those of you that are like raising your hand right now how many of you all run because it's fun you all are crazy people okay 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 Okay. Those of you who are holding your hands up because you think running is fun, how many of you all have run a 5K? Okay, how many of you all have run a 10K? Okay, how many of you all have run a half marathon? Okay, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. Anybody? Nobody? You have? Okay, have you run a marathon? You haven't done that? Okay. I've run two half marathons, so, so I, uh, yeah, I, I did it backwards. Like I did some 5Ks, and then I wanted to sign up for a 10K, and I couldn't be there for that one. And I went, oh, I'll just run a half marathon, and so I went from like only running three miles to running 13 miles in eight weeks, which was insane. Um, so, but there's there's training that's involved. Like my first 5k was the first year that I was married to my beautiful wife who I have a very hard time saying no to. And it was the night before Thanksgiving and it was this race called chase the turkey and it's down in it's down in Kingsport where I live and you run on a golf course and it's at seven o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving. And my wife at midnight the night before Thanksgiving looks over at me and goes, everybody that was supposed to go run that race with me tomorrow has backed out. And I was like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) And then she looks at me with those eyes and she goes, I don't wanna go do it by myself. And I sound a lot whinier than she was, I think. But I was like, oh yeah, that's really bad. And she goes, And I'm just laying there, staring at the ceiling. And I get up, and she goes, where are you going? It's like, I'm gonna go find your laptop. And then she asked probably the dumbest question I've ever heard my wife ask. She goes, why? <laughs> With a smile on her face. And I went, because I'm gonna sign up for that race in the morning. I don't run. And I signed up for a 5K. Now, in my mind, a 5K might as well have been, hey, dude, we're gonna go run one lap around the equator because, for those of you that don't know, the equator is that imaginary line that goes around the middle of the earth. It's really long. Okay? And it's really hot, as a matter of fact. And you kind of get, anyway, um, I, so at midnight, the night before this race, five years ago, I'm putting in all of my personal information, how old I am like, what my blood type is, like, all this, no, I'm just kidding, like, all this information, and I'm like, okay, I'm signed up, and we go the next morning, and I'm trying to psych myself up for this, because I've just signed up to run 3.1 miles, I don't like to run 3.1 feet, (laughs) much less 3.1 miles, and I'm like, ugh. And so we're all, we're all, like, lined up, and there's, like, these people that are just, like, hardcore, like, they're going to beast this thing in, like, two minutes, you know. And then, like, there's people like me that are back there with their dogs and, like, strollers, and I'm sitting there going, what am I doing? You know, my wife's stretching and all this stuff, and I'm like, you know. And so, like, they sound, they sound the bell, everybody starts running, and, like, once everybody from our pack starts running, like, we start running, I'm like, okay. I can do this I can do this and we get about a half mile into it my wife goes yeah I'm tired I'm done and I was like really okay and we walked the rest of it so my first 5k I ran a half mile and I wore my participation trophy because they give you a t-shirt and as much as I make fun of participation trophies I wore that one proudly In front of everybody that backed out on my wife, and they were like, You ran the 5K this morning? I was like, I ran in a 5K. Yes, I did. (laughs) Okay, that little word in, I in, is a big word. You ran the 5K? I ran in a 5K this morning. I mean, I'd run all of it, but I ran in some of it. And a lot of times we do God that way. He goes, Hey, I've got this, I've got this race laid out in front of you. And here's where you're going to start, and there's where you're going to end, and I need you to get there. And we start out strong, and then there comes a point in time where we kind of like peter out, and we kind of fall off. And God goes, hey, are you running that race? And we're like, we've run in it. He goes, hey, are you still continuing in that race i put you on? We're like, hey, I ran in it. You need to be proud of me, God. I ran in it. Like, I got a little ways. So then the next year, my wife decides this is going to be an annual thing. Like our anniversary (laughs) this comes around every year and we have signed up for it all four years because this will be the fifth one that we've done this year we've signed up for it every year and the next year I ran a little bit further I ran a mile so I ran almost one-third of it so to me that was that was a vast improvement but then I looked at my wife and I was like if I'm gonna do this I want to go all-in like, I want to train for this. Like, I really want to run this. And, I mean, I was treating it like I was about to go run the Boston Marathon. I mean, I was, I was looking online for, like, the right clothes to wear. Do I need compression socks? Do I need, like, earbuds? Like, do I need these fanny packs that hold water? You know, I mean, I was, I'm running three miles, and I'm treating it like I'm going to go out here and, like, run the equator. You know, it's like, man, I got to have a backpack with, like, all these fruit gels and, like, you know, got to buy the right shoes and all this bunch of stuff. And, you know, And my wife's like, whoa, slow that, you know back up a little bit like it's just three miles I'm like yeah but I want to do this right I want to do this right she goes we're running around a golf course I'm like but I want to do this right and like I was excited about it and I got into it and then I got into the training part of it and I downloaded an app and it's like I'm like looking over it and the first week for three days here was my here's what I had to do I had to do a five minute warm-up then I had to run for one minute and then walk for a minute and a half And I had to do that eight times. And I was like, oh, how am I gonna do this? And where I run in my neighborhood, there's this one stretch of road and it's a quarter of a mile from one end of the road to the other. And halfway, so an eighth of a mile, is a big tree. And I can remember that first morning going, if I can just make it to that tree in one minute, I'll be happy. Forgetting the fact that I had to do that eight more times, so I run, and I'm, like, dying. I'm like, when is that tree ever going to get here? And, like, in my ear, the little, the little lady on my app, she goes, she goes, start walking now. And I'm not even to the tree. And I'm like, oh, I've been running for a minute, and I haven't even made it an eighth of a mile. But I kept at it, and I kept at it. And then, like, the last week of the training, you did a five-minute warm-up. And in my ear, she goes, begin running now. And 30 minutes later, she goes, begin cool down now. Like I went from barely being able to run for the first minute to being able to run for 30 minutes in just a few weeks. But it was because I had direction and I had this app that told me exactly where it was that I needed to be and exactly what my goal was and exactly what the next step in the process was. And wouldn't it be cool if we had something like that for our life? Like if there was an app out there that went, Hey, guess what? Wake up, brush your teeth. Like my boys, They wake up, and before they ever come out of their room, they make their bed, they put on clothes that were laid out for them, they go to the bathroom, and then they come in and they go, good morning, what's for breakfast? Every morning. And sometimes, like, Scout, our youngest, he'll walk in, he's like, morning, Dudja. I'm like, what did you forget to do? And he goes, and he looks down at his clothes like he's shocked that he's wearing pajamas, and he goes, I didn't go pee. And it's like, and you didn't change clothes. Oh yeah, that too. I know that I said that kind of tongue-in-cheek about, wouldn't that be awesome if we had an app that told us exactly what it was we needed to do and where we needed to go? Everybody goes crazy. And here's what's really cool. God even provided somebody that goes in your ear and goes, begin running now. Check this out. My wife bought me this really cool devotion book. And it's called Devotions from the Mountain. Because, like I said, we went and hiked Le Conte. And she thought, oh, this would be really cool. And this was this morning, which I think is, is really cool because I already kind of had this prep. But this morning's is called Outdoor Tech and it talks about like being able to hike and being able to do all of these things and how there's apps that you can download. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny because that's kind of what I'm talking about. And it says, for just about every endeavor, there are apps, podcasts, Pinterest boards, and YouTube videos. In our high-tech, media-saturated society, it's easy to think, I got this. When I decided to run a half marathon after only running a 5K, my wife goes, are you okay? Yeah. She goes, can you do this? Yeah, thanks for doubting me. She goes, I'm not doubting you, I'm just making sure you're, you're mentally ready to do this. And I was like, yes, I'm mentally ready to do this. I'm also financially ready to do this because I've already paid the registration fee and it's non-refundable, so I'm kind of stuck. Like I have to go run this race now. And so I start training and I can remember, like as the training went on and like the mileage went up and the mileage went up and the mileage kept going up Every Saturday for eight weeks, I would get up no later than four o'clock in the morning and go start running neighborhoods around my house in the pitch dark. And I had all these like reflectors and lights because I was running on some pretty crazy roads and people looking down at their phones and I did not want to get hit and be roadkill. Um, So like I'm running and I can remember one morning, and I was actually in New Hampshire because I was traveling And I was up there and I was like, you know what? I don't have to get up this morning because I don't know these roads. But I was like, if I don't get up and I don't do this, am I ever going to get up and do it? And I got up that morning and ran seven miles. And I was like, okay, I got this. Because 13.1 divided by two is 6.55. I ran seven. So I ran more than halfway. And I thought, you know what? I got this because... I've gone farther than halfway, like I can do this. And the weekend before the race, I ran 11 miles. And then the next week was the race and I was gonna run 13.1. And I can remember running and running and you hit this point where like your body just doesn't think that it can go on and you have to push past that. And I can remember when I finally crossed the finish line and like my wife is there and my mother-in-law's there and my boys are there and like other family members were there and the guy that ran with me Who had his arm in a sling because he broke his collarbone and I told him I was like dude seriously you had to break your collarbone the week before we ran a half marathon and he goes yeah why and I'm like because it's a huge accomplishment for me to run 13.1 miles and you did it with a broken collarbone and I was like people come up to me and they're like hey you just finished your half marathon it's like yeah and it's like wait why is that guy wearing a sling it's like because he broke his collarbone dude you ran this whole thing with a broken collarbone He's like, yeah, and I was like, thanks, you just like made my accomplishment diminish, you know. That was pride, but you know, I was just like, I was like, seriously, but I was proud of him because he ran every step right beside of me. And uh, I do remember at one point, and for those of you that have never run that far, there, there eventually comes a time where like your body just knows the motion that it's doing. And I, I really did try to stop and relax about mile 12 and I looked like I was having a seizure. Because like I'm trying to slow down and my arms and my legs are are so used to that running motion and I'm trying to like slow down and I'm going like this, like literally tripping over myself and my arms are kind of going. And my buddy had stopped off. I said he ran every step with me. He'd actually stopped off to go to the bathroom and he caught up to me during this time and he comes running up to me and slaps me on the back and goes, you look like an idiot, just keep running. And I was like, uh, you know, and had to get, like, back into that running motion and ran, like, the last mile like a normal person. But he was like, when we got to the end of it, he goes, I was running. And he goes, I knew you weren't that far ahead of me. He goes, and I thought, man, that poor, oh, that's Jared. <laughs> he said, I felt so bad for you. But all that preparation, all that work, like, everything that had gone into that moment, and I almost gave up on it in that second. And it was like my body was telling me, no, you don't want to stop. You've got this. We can do this. Like, we can handle this. And I'm like, but I've never run this far before. And I'm, my, my feet are going, yeah, we haven't either. And my arms are going, we haven't either. And my eyes are going, hey, we can see the finish line, which we really couldn't because it was like kind of over the river and through the woods. But, um, but uh, like it was, it was there and I could visualize it. And I can remember when we made that last turn. Actually, I'll get to that in a second. Um, y'all are like, get, get around the last turn. What? But, okay, so here it is. But we like to think, yeah, I got this. Like, I got this. Like That's what I told my wife. She's like, are you ready for this? I'm like, oh, I got this. She gets so tired of hearing me say that. Because a lot of times I go, yeah, I got this. And then like later on she goes, hey, whatever happened to the, I was like, oh yeah, that didn't work out. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I got this. And she's like, do you really? Yeah, I downloaded an app. It's gonna teach me how to do that. She goes, really? Yeah, I watched YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Yeah, fantastic. You know, it's like the first person that went, hey, I'm gonna run 26.2 miles. How you gonna do that? Oh, I'll watch YouTube videos. Yeah, that that wasn't around then. Like they literally just went, I don't know, I'll figure it out as I go. And sometimes that's how we have to be. Yeah, I got this. Well, how do you got it? I don't know. Well, how do you got it? I had a youth pastor one time. He goes, goes, I love that question because when I tell people, yeah, I got it. He goes, I-G-O-D. Not I got with a T. He's like, I got it. G-O-D. He goes, because if I rely on God, I focus on God, I let him be the one that directs me and leads me. He goes, I can do it. It's just like the verse talked about. Like, how are we going to overcome the world? It's through the power of God. He tells us, I've overcome it. That's how you're going to do it. But so often, like, you know, yeah, there's an app for that. So my first 5k I ran in, second 5k I ran a little bit more, third 5k I ran the whole thing, fourth 5k I set a personal best record and then I made my wife mad because I I crossed the finish line, grabbed a banana and ran back to where she was and ran the rest of the way with her. She's like, you're a jerk, (laughs) like I know, I'm sorry but this is fun. She's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, it's not. My first half marathon, I finished it in two hours, 23 minutes, and some odd seconds. Which may not sound like a lot for you, but for me, that was a huge deal. So my next one, I decided to run. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat my personal record. Here was my problem. I said, I got this, G-O-T. I got this. I've done this before. I've been there before. I got this. I didn't train as much. I didn't train right. The week before that race, I ran seven miles for the first time in over a year. So six days later, I ran 13.1 yeah, I was in better shape, and I had, I had been there before, so I kind of knew what to do. There wasn't any of this like this time. There was a lot more walking. I walked almost two miles of that half marathon because I wasn't ready, because my pride and my arrogance, I was like, oh, I can handle this. I can do this. I've been here before. I finished two minutes slower. Like, my running pace was so much better than the previous year that had I run the entire thing, I would have finished it Closer to two hours, but I was two minutes slower because I wasn't prepared for the race that I had. I had been like giving myself to run. So what have I decided to do now? I'm going to do a triathlon. Anybody know what those are? They're insanity. Okay, I'm not going to do one of the insane ones. I'm not going to do an Ironman. I'm not. I'm not that way. Um, by the way, that's, my, that's Charlie, my oldest, that's his favorite, iron, or his favorite Avenger is Iron Man. And I was like, I'm gonna go run an Iron Man. He goes, in an Iron Man suit? I was like, no. And he goes, what's an Iron Man? I was like, don't worry about it. Um, do you know what the hardest thing about running a half marathon is? Working it into every conversation that you have. <laughs> I had a guy tell me that about running an Iron Man. I'm like, I'm never gonna run an Iron Man. But I am going to do a triathlon. And the one that I'm going to do, it's a one-mile swim, a 12-mile bike ride, and a 10K run. So about 6.2 miles. And that's what I'm going to be training for. And I don't really know when that's going to be, but I downloaded an app for it. (laughs) But beyond an app, part of the preparation, part of the endurance, part of the patience of running a race that that God has set before us is finding people who have done it before. Finding somebody in your life that has been where you are and is where you are wanting to go. And you reach out to them. And God can place those people in your life at the most random times. That's like there's this, there's this couple that we used to go to church with and I was, I was kind of good friends with, with the husband and I knew the wife but didn't really know anything about her other than like their two little kids because I worked in the children's ministry and so I knew, I knew Quinn and Molly and then I knew their parents. Um, and you know Weston and I like we talked but Cameron like I didn't really know that much about her and on Facebook the other day I'm like hey I'm thinking about doing a triathlon you know anybody have any suggestions anybody have any you know tips tricks whatever and she messaged me and she goes I've done a half Ironman before which is way bigger than what I was planning on doing like twice as much as what I was planning on doing and she goes I'd love to help you out like I hardly ever talked to her and all of a sudden like She's like, yeah, I've been where, you, where you're wanting to go, and I can help you get there. And God puts people like that in our lives. For crazy things like running the triathlon, or even something as, as big as, I just want to get up and give my testimony at church. Like, I want to do something big for God, but I don't know how to do it. And God will place people in your lives. And here's why we, here's why we have to be patient. Here's why we have to, why we have to prepare for the race. Verse number two, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith. And this is the part that I still don't understand about racing. But it says, for the joy that was set before him, like the joy of completion. I can tell you when I cross the start finish or the finish line in that half marathon, like I'm running. We're we're, we're we're coming around like one of the last turns and you can hear everybody cheering and you can hear bells ringing i don't know if uncle paul was there ringing a bell but you can hear bells ringing and and you can hear all of this just excitement and all this stuff and you're just like agonizing because you you've just run almost 13 miles and your body is just fatigued and your brain is fatigued and you're just like oh i just want to finish this and we start around that last turn and my friend jordan looks over at me <coughs> remember He's got a sling and a broken collarbone, and he looks over at me and he goes, smile. I'm like, what? He goes, smile, your family's here, they're gonna take your picture, they're taking your picture at the finish line, you need to smile like you have been enjoying this. And I'm like, you mean this wasn't fun? (laughs) And he was like, you need to smile. And so like that last like almost quarter of a mile run through downtown heading towards that finish line, I'm smiling, I don't know what my smile looked like, but my brain is telling my mouth, smile. And I'm probably going like, you know, just like looking like an idiot. But I'm running and I'm trying to smile. And I had on this Batman t-shirt and Batman socks because that's what Charlie asked me to wear. And I'm not gonna tell my five-year-old no. And uh, no, he was six, yeah, he was five at that time. Anyway, like I'm not gonna tell him no, I wanna make him proud and so like I'm running and I'm trying to smile and it's raining and and like my feet are hitting the pavement and it's hurting and like every fiber in me is in, is in pain. And I'm running and I hear people cheering and I hear some, some crazy man scream, go Batman! And I hear people like cheering and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? Just let me finish. And I'm like, oh yeah, smile. You know, and I'm trying to like, probably look like the Joker smiling, running. <laughs> and I cross that finish line and there's somebody there and it's like, hey, here's your finisher's medal and I'll bring it tomorrow. Um, But they they hand that to you, and you're just like, oh. And then, like, your body's going, wait, you stopped. And, like, I'm standing there. Like, my legs are moving, and my arms are moving. And my wife comes running up, and she hugs me, and I'm sweaty, and I'm wet. And, like, I'm excited because I finished this accomplishment that, that, like, I had prepared so hard for and that I was training so hard for. And she's like, tell me all about it. And I'm like, okay. And, like, the world starts closing in because, like I said, I'm a little dehydrated, and I've been running. And I'm like, okay, but we need to move. But I was so excited like to tell her about it. And in the pictures of me after the race, like I'm beaming and I'm genuinely excited and and happy. Because in that moment, I had accomplished something that I didn't think was possible. And I had people there that were there to share that excitement with me. Sadly, my second half marathon, I ran it by myself. And when I crossed the finish line, I grabbed my medal and walked to my car and drove home. That's the sad part. But it wasn't anybody's fault. Like There was scheduling conflicts and all this kind of stuff. But it was still a joyous occasion, but not as much as that first one because I had never been in that position before. And I thought about that like while I was driving to go eat, eat tacos at White Duck Taco because that's all I wanted to do. Was, and, and we're driving to White Duck, and I'm like, oh, I get to have White Duck. And then I'm like, you know what? I just accomplished something that, like, my junior high self never would have imagined doing. Like, I just ran 13.1 miles. Like, I just accomplished something. And then I had to drive 13 hours to Texas the next day. And you know what? I wore my T-shirt and my medal all the way to Dallas, Texas the next day. And every gas station, every rest area, every restaurant, like I walked in wearing my T-shirt that said I had finished that and my medal. And everybody was like, oh, cool, when would you run that? I'm like, yesterday. Like I was so excited to tell people about it. And on that 13-hour ride to Texas, God goes, when was the last time you were excited about something I asked you to do? When was the last time you prepared that hard and that just just add it, add it, add it when I asked you to do something. When was the last time you were that joyful upon completing something that I had asked you to do? And I really had to think about that for a long time. And that was the sad part because I was like, God, I can't. It's been so long ago, I can't remember that. So now when I run I don't listen to music anymore. I've got a Bible app. <laughs> I have an app that reads the Bible to me while I run. This last half marathon that I ran, I listened. I think it was, I think it was the book of Numbers. <laughs> I was like, I'll probably never read that book, so I might as well listen to it. And for two and a half hours, I listened to the book of Numbers. And there was so much stuff that like, I was like, oh, I never knew that that was in there. I never knew that that was in there. But God was telling me there's joy that can be found when you finish a race, when you finish something that I put in front of you. So in verse 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, or the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to get into this later on this week. But there is a path that God has laid out for each one of us. And you may not realize that you're on it, but every, every step of the way, he's been guiding you and kind of putting you in in the right position. So that one day you can go, Hey God, where is it that you want me to go? And he can go, this is the path that I have laid out for you. It might not be easy. It's going to be pretty difficult at times. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to be excited. You're going to be happy. There's going to be sad times. There's going to be glad times. There's going to be some storms. There's going to be some sunshine. There's going to be some roses. There's going to be some not roses. Like you're, you're, you're going to be, but we're going to be walking it together. You just have to endure. You have to persevere. You have to be patient to know that I'm going to lead you where you need to go. And then at the end, the joy that comes at the end of that, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross so that we didn't have to. He despised the shame, like he took all that ridicule, all that shame on himself so we didn't have to. Like you may think some of the, some of the craziness that, that you face for being a child of God, for being a Christian, it's just so unbearable, Jared. Like you just have no idea how difficult it is. You're right, I don't. Because I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And he endured so much more for you. And when you look to him, just like the camp verse says, when you look at him to overcome the world, who better is going to overcome the world than you and God? So the next time God goes, hey, here's where I want you to go. You ready? I want you to go, yeah, I got this. I got this. Endure, be patient to go to the finish. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you for giving us a beautiful morning um, after the rain. Father, we thank you that you love us enough that, Father, you endured. the the, the shame and the torture and the torment of the cross so that we didn't have to. So that, God, when you call us to run the race that you've set before us, that we can look to you because you've already finished. You're standing there waiting for us to share in that joy when we cross the finish line. Father, help us in spite of whatever it is that you call us to do. No matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how simple it sounds, no matter how complicated it sounds, we can look to you and we can go, I've got this. I've got this because it's you. I've got this because you're with me. I've got this because we are going to overcome this together. Father, we love you and we can never thank you enough. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.